Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Hello, hello, beautiful people. We are back. This is Ross Weitzer on the Ultimate Podcast with Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia, hello, my friend. Hello, Ross. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to learn about you and be with you in this space. It'll be amazing. It is amazing already. Mm. To open it right up, I think a, a powerful question to jump into is what have been some of the major shifts that you've experienced in yourself through and after reading The Ultimate Coach? Mm. Okay. There have been a lot. So mm. I'm just going <laughs> to... Um, I would say the first shift was um, a willingness to go deeper and be with things that I had put off to the side and, um, and allow myself an unearthing. Mm, how would you describe that? Mm, like a volcano. <laughs> 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 like, truly. I don't know if you know, but there was uh, an event called the ultimate placation in Hawaii. And so I recently returned from that. And so it was an opportunity for the readers of the ultimate coach book. And we went and experienced the different elements. And there was a point when we, I would say it's, we, we walked on a, like a, a trail of old lava rocks and it was very, rocky and unsettling it was unstable you know and as I was walking on that path I was thinking like how much of my life has been that way and on that path I had a willingness to stabilize myself and even my energy within was stabilizing and so when we finally got out to uh, where we could see the shore and the water had created arches in the old lava rocks I just felt this overwhelming like gush and I literally just released and just cried and like dumped it all out and just allowed that unearthing to happen. You know, all the instability, all the stories attached to the instability, all the stories attached to the insecurities and all that. I was just like, I release you now. Yeah. And what do you credit that to? What was it about? being there and being in that experience that invited that to come up? My intention was uh, to really be open to transformation. And, you know, for me, I, I read, I've read the book twice so far. You know, I read it once before going to Arizona. I was halfway through um, when I went to the ultimate experience. And then I finished the second time before I went to Hawaii and I know a lot of times people refer to it as pulling back the layers, but I think of ourselves as pomegranates. 
And when you open up a pomegranate, right, there's always like new parts and it has more seeds that have, you know, delicious, nourishing juice in them. So I was just willing to embrace that um, transformation and, and look for the, the delicious juice inside of me. Yeah. What's surprised you so far? Mm, that I really don't have to be attached to any stories. Fear is a power source. It's not, um, not a reason to get stuck. And it's, it's, it's not even what I thought it was, you know, it, when I feel the, when I feel actually, it's funny, you know, Ross, I, I, I don't really feel fear anymore. However, the situations that I have attached to fear previously, I will say, you know, this thing used to really scare me. Let me just experiment and see what's the worst thing that could happen. So that's surprising. And it keeps happening. Like the first time it happened, I was like, oh, that's a fluke. And then, I, then, the, then it happened again. And then it happened without me really reckon, realizing until after. I was like, wait a minute. I just did something that used to scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and I was totally fine with that. So can you share an example? Um, one example. I mean, I guess the most simple example is just speaking up being a stand, you know, for myself and what I believe in. And um, there's a lot of things that have, you know, transpired in the past year. So I, I got a divorce last May. And so like the legal system is not kind to women and <laughs> it's less kind even when you have kids. So there are just some things that have come up and that's where I was saying, I don't know how specific I want to be. And I was approaching it from a place of, you know, attached to the story that the legal system's not kind, they're not going to do this, you know, this isn't going to happen. And so now, you know, when I came back from Hawaii, everything's still there waiting for me. <laughs> and, um, and I was just like, what's my intention? What's the outcome that I'm seeking here? And I just really embody that I'm, I be with that. And then I start and remarkably like, um, like yesterday was one of those days when I had to really dig in and make stuff happen. And, um, and I made it happen, you know? So I've, I've had some challenges getting some, um, some things done for my children because I have to get the buy-in of their father who loves to be contentious. And so, you know, I work around with other experts and then I have them contact him and then he agrees. And, and then, you know, when I talk to him, you know, I'm like, okay, so I'm not calling to argue. I want to go over these three points and so um, he does try to upset me. And I just smile like in my heart, genuinely. I'm like, okay, I see how this used to really affect me deeply. And in this moment, I'm choosing to not allow that to affect me. Um, 
And it actually isn't hard because I almost feel compassion for him because not almost, I do feel genuine compassion because I'm just like, he's attached to a story. He's attached to that dynamic that we used to have, you know? And so I just allow myself to let go. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what's happening. This is what you need to do in the sequence of events. And I really appreciate, you know, your agreement here. And, and then I just end the call and he usually agrees and there's no shouting. <laughs> I hope that wasn't too vague. <laughs> but... You let us in. <laughs> do you find yourself dancing back and forth a bit or ever since that release, the story has been rewritten? Um, well, that's a good question. I don't really dance back and forth. There are moments when I experience wanting to boomerang back into that. Mm -hmm. And then I realize because I have like this, this methodology within myself, I call sweet talk and there's like a sweet talk creation process. And when I feel that little, that thing, you know, I, I stop and I assess what's the sponsoring uh, event here. And um, is it a self-care issue? Like, do I need to sleep? Do I need to eat? You know, what's going on? Or is this a genuine trigger, you know? And so when I pause with that, I either just, you know, go and do cartwheels, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or um, uh, write a poem. Writing poetry is, is another form of release. And it's, it's really helped me with my rage. And, um, but yesterday I just did cartwheels. <laughs> Beautiful. How opposite of the spectrum, both of those strategies are. <laughs> how do you yeah, know right. when to choose cartwheels or when to choose poetry? Um, well, when I'm in my, you know, when it's more like I don't have words for what's happening, mm. right? And dancing doesn't seem appropriate. Like, I don't want to hear music, you know? I just want to be in my body. That's when I know I have to do cartwheels, right? Um, <laughs> too cold to roll down hills here, but I would do that um, to ground myself. And, and when I feel like just a whole bunch of words coming, then I know I have to write a poem. Like journaling doesn't do the trick for me. You know, I have to like structure it and give it some formation and uh, outcome, you know? How does it leave you feeling? Like what, what is the emotional process of the processing of the anger through poetry? Oh, it's like, orgasmic you know it really is like I've been doing that since I was like nine years old like I'm I'm an you know I, I've written eight books <laughs> but um but poetry there's like a poem or two in most of them but my next book is going to be a book of poetry so um yeah just um it's like the a release an answer it's like a conversation between my soul and my being you know my whole being. So what, what is the difference in feeling between sitting down to journal in regards to where the words are coming from and sitting down to create poetry? 
I mean, journaling is kind of like a word vomit, you know, Mm. (laughs) and, um, and poetry is, uh, I think it's the purpose of German journaling, right? It's when, when I create poetry, it, it gives me an opportunity to not just vent, but just to understand and to, you know, build the bridges between all the, all the selves that I am. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be so curious to try it because it sounds like such an interesting approach to here's my emotional state, really being in the emotional state. It sounds like such a masterful way to not suppress an emotion. Yeah, it really is. Like, I mean, I don't know a better word than orgasmic because you really go through the range, you know, and through all, <clears throat> all your chakras, you know, to, to um, create that. Yeah. So I'm thinking about, I'm like, my first time writing poetry, I might end up on the other side a bit more angry than when I started. (laughs) And that's great too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I started writing poetry again in January and about various different things. And, and I met Dr. LaTanya um, at the ultimate experience. And so she has a magazine that's coming out this month so one of my poems is going to be in there in her March issue. So I've right. already published one. <laughs> What's the essence of your poetry? Where is most of it coming from? I guess it, expressing my experience as a woman, like I said, mostly the, my rage is around that, you know, um, just the things that, that I feel like, um, sometimes invalidated, sometimes um, misunderstood, sometimes judged and or dismissed. And, um, you know, it could be in a single interaction or it could be, you know, going into a public place or it could be, you know, like I described a situation with my kid's school, you know, or anything like that. Um, and then sometimes, I don't know, I think most of my poetry lately has been kind of angry, but I think I have one that like the one that's going to be published is joyful (laughs) in the end. It always opens up to joy. Right. Um, like in one of my poems I talk about, I refuse to self-destruct, you know, I'm, I'm here to reconstruct my being and, you know, like, so I'm experiencing what's coming at me and I'm transmuting it and alchemizing it all at once. And, you know, finding that reservoir of joy within just revealing what's the true essence of my being. It really sounds magical. It is magical. You want me to read one? Yes. Can you? <laughs> I don't know. Let me see if I can find one. I don't, you know, you would think I'd memorize these, but <laughs> it's like, it comes out in the moment and then, um, it's, uh, it's sacred for that moment. So I, um, this one is called I'm straight queening. Even when I tell you the truth, it's like, I'm locked in a telephone booth. First, I got to put my cape on. Then I got to wrap my heart, mind and body in Teflon before you will even look in my direction or detect my presence. 
Even still, you cannot and will not stop my effervescence. My lover's heart and warrior soul vibrates higher and loves in another realm. I'm chilling with Allah who is at the helm. If you think you can squash me or make me give up or die, don't be deceived when you see me cry. It's the overwhelm of loving, compassion, and passionately is who I'm being. I'm straight queening. Keep pretending not to see me. That's fine. Before you know it, I'll show you that your heart is a reflection of mine. Even still, your your inactions, deceitful transactions, and ignorance is a blessing for me. My warrior's heart and lover's soul is all I will ever be. I reside in a different realm, the embodiment of feminine divinity. I'm chilling, joyfully, mongery, skillfully, joyously being the evidence of joy. If you think you're going to dangle, dangling and dazzling me like a puppet or some sort of toy, recognize all I am being with all of my being is straight queening. Read this and fear not, hear not that in my tone, I am hateful. I am only always grateful. Gratitude is not an attitude. It is embedded in my DNA. Come on, come over here and let's play. I love a good bump, rump, and tumble. I love to mash up, lash up, and bubble. You know why? When you see me cry, my smile shines through my being. Because I'm straight queening. So that's one. <laughs> that was beyond. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm witnessing you share that. And I'm like, oh, I know her so much better now. Do you? There was, well, maybe, (laughs) but there were just so many different layers to the, like the swagger that came through and how you delivered not only the words, but just in the, the spectrum of the shifts and changes of your facial features and feeling into who you were being in the different parts of that poem. That was really beautiful. Thank you. So I'm curious. Cordelia, before reading The Ultimate Coach Writing Poetry, and Cordelia, after The Ultimate Coach Writing Poetry, what would be the biggest shifts that you would observe, that you would experience? Mm, Before reading The Ultimate Coach, I would hide. I used poetry to mask, you know, and I would make the words more um, agreeable and receivable, like what people expect to hear. Um, almost like condescending towards myself. And now this is the opposite. (laughs) I don't know what it is about you, but something, it was unexpected. Oh, was it? Yeah. From from my quick perceptions of you. Mm. Because you come off confident, you come off grounded, you come off centered in the knowing of who you are. But the swagger piece to it, just so much character. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to see her on stage in like a concert delivering these. Mm, yeah, I know I have to memorize them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like um, that, I, I guess that's a good point because before I would hide even that part of myself, you know, Um and not really at the same time, because 
like for example, on my book cover, right? I have red, I'm wearing red. And um, yeah, I got a little bit of hate for that. It's like, you know, you're a hijabi, supposed to be modest. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. And just me wearing red, that is swagger in itself, but undetected because I'm in a hijab, right? So it's like, oh, well, she's covered up, you know? And am I? I am showing you who I am, you know? And that's what I'm talking about. People, they, you know, even in you saying that, you know, it's like that, that swagger was unexpected. Yeah, it's there, you know? Um, but I, I don't, I, I don't really feel the need to always walk around with it because there are times when it's appropriate, right? And there are other times when it's just, you know, when people need to see it, they'll see it, you know? <laughs> mm. What does covering up mean for you? I mean, for me, it's just um, an extension of the way I choose to be a spiritual being. You know, I wasn't born Muslim. So I I chose to be Muslim when I was like 30. Um, Like I took my Shahada, that's what it's called, testimony of faith on my birthday. And so I immediately started covering. I had, I like got my three, they're called uh, bias, you know, the long uh, dress looking thing. And and then I got like a whole bunch of hijabs. And, um, and I was like, man, this is so great. Like I can never have a bad hair day. And if I do, nobody knows, <laughs> you know, it's like, all I have to do is like put on like, and, and, and I remember like I left work, like I dressed nice, you know, I was a three piece suit person, but but to not have to figure that out and go to the dry cleaners and all that, <laughs> what a load off, you know? So, um, and it's the way I dress has changed over the years. So I don't really wear a bias unless it's like a holiday. Um, so I tend to be a little bit more relaxed and I, but I still, I love it. You know, it makes me feel, um, it makes me feel joy. You know, it makes me feel, connected to the oneness and i know you've probably never heard this uh translation of allah but allah is literally like the oneness as if there's no other one that could create and do all the things right so and i know like in other spirituality people also resonate with this you know concept of the oneness so for me i i just get to be one of the sun rays off of the oneness that's what it feels like bringing that spirituality into your current experience with your husband and your current experience of dropping these stories. How did you bring your spirituality, those perspectives, those ways of seeing and being into life for yourself? So here's the thing. It's like the stories were a human creation, right? And when you, when you drop it, you can be connected to your spirituality. It's the stories that keep us from that. And like, I know a lot of people that are going to be listening or watching this read um, Khalil Gibran, right. Or Rumi. And these are Sufis from my, from the Islamic tradition. And so in Sufism or Tasawwuf is what it's called 
the connection between your spiritual self and your human self is your emotions. And when we uh, disallow ourselves to feel the emotions, or if we get too attached, right, we attach story to the emotion, then we pretty much keep ourselves just hanging out on the bridge and we never get over there, (laughs) you know? So like the whole time I've been Muslim, I've been studying tasawwuf, which is like the purification of your soul. And um, just, I'd have to say probably in the last five years, I realized that, okay, it's this emotional piece. So originally I was in, you, you probably see this in articles as recent as last year, I used to call myself the emotions opener, right? But now I've switched it to joy, right? Joy monger. And um, that was something, these are a set of words that I created before I walked with Steve. But when I shared it with him, he was like, you should be telling everybody this, you know? And so, um, and when you look it up, Uh, Dr. Hawkins talks about the different frequencies. So everyone is always, yeah, love this, love that. Well, did you know that actually joy is a higher vibration than love and peace? After joy is an enlightenment. Wait a minute. Wait, maybe there's peace between joy and enlightenment. But anyway, it's higher than love, you see. So we, we get trapped in the, you know, love frequency and we could go so much higher there's joy because that's actually how humans are created. We, we have like some traditions call this the third eye, but either way in, in, uh, in Islam, this is our bliss center, right? So we can activate that because that's the way we're created. Just hearing you share that, I felt uh, a shift of lightness. And the reason is being new to podcast hosting. I feel the dance of being and falling out of being. So Mm -hmm. being for me is I'm here with you in the presence of every word that you're sharing. And when I need to speak, intuition (laughs) will guide me along the way. And when I fall out of being, it's when, oh shit, I got to have a question or, oh shit, when it's my turn to speak, I better have something to say, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's not that deep, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) I fall into that deepness sometimes. That's my human story. Yeah. And when you were sharing, it was, it was a moment of, Oh, ah, I'm stuck in my human story. It doesn't matter. We're right here. We're going to be here after a couple sentences are said and that's it. Yeah. Podcasting is like that. I I know like I have two podcasts, you know that, right. (laughs) And I'm, like my first one I started in 2015. And so in the beginning, I just wanted to have conversations like you, you know, because I really wanted to understand my, my first show was called replenish me, you know, and I just wanted to hear how people go about doing that, or if they care about doing that, you know, and uh, eventually in 2020, I renamed it free to be because if you think vibrationally, all when I started my podcast, I really needed to replenish myself, right? So I wanted to understand that and have those conversations to practice it. And, uh, and then by the time I was replenished, I decided I want to be free to be. 
And so now the conversations I have on that show are questioning what it, what does free to be mean in our minds, you know, and these attachment to story, you know? Yeah. And just being afraid to trust, trust to just show up. Yeah. And even like, just, yeah, that the trust to show up is the trust that you have with yourself. That's been some of the biggest shifts for me since reading the ultimate coach is realizing how many judgments I actually wasn't aware of. I was aware of the second layer of judgments, but not being aware that there was actually a judgment underneath this subtle layer of doubt of criticism that I just wasn't seeing. Yeah. Telling you pomegranate, you know, just (laughs) keep pulling it back. And yeah, it's, it's true. And, and even for me, I'm shocked you know, you were asking me something along those lines earlier. And so like, when I went to Hawaii, I realized like, I thought I had gotten rid of that. Like, there's something more inside of there. Oh, my goodness, really? And, um, and just not being afraid, you know, having that willingness to keep um, going deeper. And um, yeah, allow myself the, the trust that I can hold space for myself. And if I can't trust that, you know, I'm in community and, um, and I will be held, you know, what's that next layer of depth for you? Um, <laughs> I'm going to take other people on the same transformation. I went <laughs> with the elements, you know, I, um, I, I love these experiences in nature, you know, and exploring, the possibilities of self. And so I'm, I'm going to uh, travel around the world and take people with me um, and, and do the same thing. Wow. Can you describe a little detail of what that would be like? Yeah. So like in, in June, I'm going to actually go back to Hawaii with some people. And so there's a place where you can um, really experience the air um, element and just allow yourself to be free with that and whatever, you know, comes through, you know, allow that to come through no real structure. It all depends on who I'm with, right. And how they're being as to how that experience will play out, but just allowing ourselves to experience the air, the water, the earth, the the fire you know and and just doing uh different forms of grounding experiencing what it's like to to be very intentional with what you put in your body energetically and choose your frequency you know to prepare for those transformations because it really there's so much integration and you have to have a certain Uh, You have to go into it with a certain level of vibration. So you can't eat like McDonald's, you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) you have to know what herbs and what fruits, you know, and and how to put them together. Like papaya is a great source of vitamin C, but is it necessary? You know, would it be better to have like jackfruit or something like that? So, and just allowing a lot of flow and movement. 
So, yeah. So I have a friend who's a vegan chef. I'm going to carry him around with me everywhere. Cause that's what he does. He like wrote a book about this stuff with frequency. And then I'm going to St. Martin later in the year. I think it's August for that one. And so, yeah, just having these natural experiences and just allowing yourself to detach from story. I can't imagine a time where that work and that experience is more needed and more called for. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've disconnected ourselves from the earth. We've disconnected ourselves from source and, you know, everything we need, everything we require, I'm going to use that word is here. It's on the earth. We don't need, you know, we, we, we are in the scarcity mindset of needing structure, but that structure is false. All we require is air, water, earth, and a little bit of fire, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Do you think it's fair to say that we're, that people are acquiring that right that right now there is a need i believe that the ultimate coach book the book about being has become an opening for many people um even those who haven't joined this group or my linkedin group um and and to experience it in community there's someone out there reading that book right now and they're changing the way they're being And they're realizing that they have requirements and they no longer need. Mm, They have requirements and they no longer need. That's really powerful to pull those apart that way. If somebody's listening right now and they're like, it's really powerful. That totally went over my head. (laughs) The distinction is... Like we commonly say that we need to set healthy boundaries and the setting of the boundary begins within by understanding your requirements, which are also known as non-negotiables. Okay. As opposed to, I need my quiet time. I need my space. You don't need that, right? You have access to that already. It's a requirement. You wake up in the morning, notice yourself. You tell yourself, I need to jump out of bed because I need to get to work at this time. You require to allow your body to wake up and breathe into your day and notice your environment. Like most of the time we wake up, we're discombobulated, isn't it? You know, you just, you require a moment of stillness to be in your body because that's what, what happens when we sleep, our soul goes someplace else. And then it comes back in when you open your eyes in the morning, that's the wobbliness you feel in the morning. So just give, give it a minute to settle, you know, breathe a little bit, open your eyes, blink them, make sure they... (laughs) You know, it's like, let's see, did my blinker still work? You know, kind of like when you get in your car, do you just like start driving? No, you let it warm up a little bit, you know, sit, make sure your mirror's right, your seat's comfortable. Same thing when you get in your body, when you wake up in the morning, 
you you require stillness for a second at least. So me, I require 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, you. Yeah, the distinction that that I'm hearing in that is need is derived from a reactive consciousness and a feeling of lack, inadequacy, and insecurity. And a requirement is coming from this intuitive knowing. And with that intuitive knowing, that is the space for self-love. Yes. Well, I require a lot. that's a that's a great recognition you know and and now um you have to make certain agreements with yourself and not get confused and say well i require a lamborghini (laughs) (laughs) that's like unnecessary That's the lesson I left with today. Okay, Cordelia taught me a wonderful lesson. I require a Lamborghini. <laughs> I require a Porsche. <laughs> Can you imagine that's the movement we start? Why it's, coming, not? it's coming from love, though, so it's all going to work out. <laughs> I, I, I just, I require to drive fast, so whatever can support me. <laughs> Truth bombs. What color is your Lamborghini? <laughs> Red. Really? Still my color. <laughs> Cordelia, my friend, before we finish off our time together today, is there any final things that you would like to share? Mm, yeah. Hold space for yourself and uh, allow allow your your joy to reveal itself. Powerful. Cordelia, thank you so much for being here with me. It was so lovely to explore anger and explore joy (laughs) and declare a Lamborghini. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, Cordelia, lots of love. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.